How are we doing? Good. So good to be here. I did find a wife here at Fullness, um, and it was, it was awesome. Best decision I've ever made. Uh, my three kids are here as well. I won't embarrass them by pointing them out, but they're right there. Um, Ethan, Eva, and Isaac, they are 18, 14, and 12, respectively. They're wonderful kids. I'm so glad um, that uh, they are here today, get to see everyone. It's good to see, so some of you I know really well, years and years back, some of you are brand new for me, so if, if I haven't met you yet, please come find me afterwards and introduce yourself. Jack, what's up, man? It's good to see you. You know, as far as I know, Jack only exists on Facebook, but he's actually, he's real, he's there, that's awesome. Um, and and so, so, it's so funny to see the people, some of the people have the same manner, mannerisms and stuff, um, you know, uh, Rob Hackney looks the exact same um, as he always had. One time we were doing a, a worship session, uh, one of those Friday night worship sessions, and uh, Rob, just the spirit, I guess, got a hold of him, and uh, he lifted up his guitar like he was going to sacrifice it on stage, and we were like, is he going to slam it down? This is going to be Awesome. And he didn't, he didn't do that. I was a little disappointed, man. So you need to do that sometime, okay? Just Garth Brooks, that thing, just smash it. It's too expensive. That's right. There's a different guitar every time I'm here. Like, it's, you know, a revolving door of guitars at their house. Um, so Wendy Kuhn doesn't age either. Uh, my wife and I were talking about that. Amazing. If she can bottle that and sell it, you know, that would go really well for you guys. Fullness has been so, so important in my life. Um, you guys have been an amazing blessing to me. Um, when I was asked to become lead pastor of VFC in Thomasville, one of the first things I did is I called Bart. And I said, hey, man, I think the Lord's saying yes to this, and um, I need a pastor. And he goes, of course. And so he's my personal pastor whom I call when uh, I need something. Also, the other pa pastor that I have, you guys heard from last week, Darren Davis. Um, and I call Darren uh, whenever I need something. Bart's usually a little, gives better wisdom. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, so, yeah, so love, love, fullness. You know, you guys, Bart and the leadership team took a chance on me when I was just a 19-year-old punk. Um, to let me lead worship. I mean, I'm, I'm in the position I am now, and I think if there was this 19-year-old college kid that wanted to lead worship at my church, I'd be like, ah, he's not ready. You know, I mean, I'd come up with all these excuses, but um, Bart and the leadership here didn't do that, gave me a chance, let me make mistakes, um, let me uh, be a jerk at times, let me learn, you know? And it, I'm just, I'm so grateful, so thankful. Uh, Fullness has always been ascending church a church where people can get refueled, filled up, uh, and then sent, right? And um, I'm a recipient of that, and I'm, I'm just so glad, so honored. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Bart. Thank you, uh, Larry and Jan. Thank you, all the elders and everyone, TV Drew. Does TV still get worked up during worship sometimes and starts going, hallelujah, hallelujah? You still do that sometimes? You should if you don't, because that's awesome. <laughs> I've got a message I want to bring this morning, but before I do, um, during worship, I just started getting a couple of uh, a personal words for a few people here, and I asked Bart's permission. He said, go for it, 
And uh, so I, uh, I actually had just met Gabriel. Gabriel, can I share something with you real quick, brother? So the reason you give a, a word like this publicly so it can be tested, everyone gets tested, right? Every word gets tested publicly. So um, I looked at you, um, I saw you, Gabriel. Now, first of all, let me just tell you, when the Lord speaks to me like this, it's always using some weird symbols. It's kind of funny. And so I, I apologize in advance. It may be a little odd. But I saw a painter's canvas. And I saw a flower that had been painted on this canvas. And everyone was gathered around it, and it looked good. Like everyone, was, everyone agreed, that looks good. That's a good painting. And then Bob Ross walked up. Y'all know Bob Ross, right? In the happy little trees, that guy. So he walks up in, in the midst of everyone crowded around this canvas with the flower that everyone agreed looks great. It was great. It was perfect. It was good. It was ready. And he walked up. And he started painting flames of fire around this flower. And everyone was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. What are you, what are you talking, what are you doing, man? And it was just like, no, this is how it's supposed to be. Um, and so I, I just, what has been good will not be good enough any longer. What has been good, everyone agreed that there's a call in your life. And I don't even know, I just met him this morning. I, I, don't, I don't know you, but what's, what's, it's been good. It's been awesome but it's not gonna be good enough anymore. You're not gonna be satisfied with the things that you've seen up to this point. And I just, uh, the Lord's setting you on fire. He is uh, empowering you for a new type of ministry, launching you out into new things uh, and new responsibility. And I just, I just bless that father on Gabriel's life right now in Jesus' name. Lord, set him on fire. Lord, that, that pretty little flower that everyone likes, Lord, set it on fire, set it ablaze. Lord, make it exactly what you want it to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, is Mitch Kelly here? Mitch, what's up, man? How's it going? This is really short. It's really silly. Uh, but I saw you during worship, and the Lord says, you're the cookie monster. You're the cookie. Have you ever seen the cookie monster eat cookies? Ah, rah, 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 rah. And the crumbs go everywhere. He says, you devour my presence like the cookie monster. But it's time that the cookie monster is going to share his cookies. You remember Sesame Street? He wouldn't share. That was the thing he always wanted. And, and I just I heard the Lord say, you're going to be sharing those cookies. You're going to be training other cookie monsters how to devour the presence of the Lord like you do. Is that a good word? I just bless that on you in Jesus' name. All right, the last thing I have is just for the, the, the body uh, here at Fullness. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, I wrote down here, you're called to be who you are. You're called to be who you are. You're not called to be who, who anyone else is. Um, the, reject the pressure to conform. I know as a pastor, you know, your church looks a certain way, other churches look a certain way, and you think, well, they do it this way, maybe we should do it that way. But I really feel the Lord saying to you guys, reject the pressure to conform. And, and then this is a new promise for you guys. Um, what, what you have believed in, you will now begin to walk in. What you have believed in, so there's been a theological grid that you've operated from. I believe in this. I believe this can happen. And y'all know we believe in that. We believe in that totally. But you haven't seen it to the degree that you want to. Is that right? You are going to begin to walk in the fullness of what you believe. 
That's, that's the next season, the next chapter for this church, amen? So I, I just bless that, Father, on fullness, on this group of people, on their leadership, Lord, on Bart, uh, Kathy, Lord, on, on the pastors. Lord, I thank you, Father, that, that you are in the process of taking them out of simply believing, which has been good, and Lord, you're pleased with their belief, but Lord, they're gonna come into a season of seeing, uh, and seeing what they believe happen right before their very eyes. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I want to talk to you this morning um, about something that, um, that the Lord showed me a few years back, and it's the idea of being centered. Centered. Um, I was, you know, Thomasville, Georgia, where I pastor, is a lot like Birmingham, Alabama, in that... Uh, there's like a church on every corner. There are plenty of churches, right? Right. Thomasville has plenty of churches, liquor stores, and auto parts stores. I don't know what it is about that. Maybe everyone goes and prays and then gets drunk and works on their car. I'm not sure what the deal with that is. But um, there are plenty of churches. And so I was like, Lord, you know, what's, what's the deal? What, where are we called to fit in? What, what, are we, um, what are we supposed to do? What are you asking of me as an individual? What are you asking of our church? What are you asking of the body of Christ um, at large? And I, I began to see a picture of a cross. And I love that you guys have a cross right here uh, on the side of the stage. Um, I'll also have one up, up here behind me as well. So I begin to see the, 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 a cross. And I begin to notice that the cross has two lines, right? It's got a vertical up and down line. And then it also has a, a horizontal side to side. I'll be talking about vertical and horizontal the rest of this morning, and I will get it wrong at some point. So just forgive me and practice grace. But there's a vertical line, and that represents, you know, our relationship with God. There's a horizontal line that represents our relationship with other people. Uh, and, and there's an intersection between those two. And intersections are really, really important, right? Intersections help us know where we're going. I mean, if, if, if I said that, you know, Fullness Christian Fellowship located, uh, is located off of Columbiana Road. Well, Columbiana Road, it, you know, it starts at 31. It goes all the way down until it changes into Green Springs, right? So there are lots of different places it could be. But, but if I say, well, it's actually, if you're coming from 31, it's after Crossgate Drive, then, then you know, okay, there's an intersection that, that I can know. And, and if you reach Old Columbiana, you've gone too far. And so intersections, y'all are like, I just use GPS. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what are you, intersection? But, but these intersections, intersections, they help us get to where we need to go better, right? Uh, my church is on US 19. It goes all the way down to Sarasota, Florida, and all the way up to Erie, Pennsylvania, so if I say, well, we're on US 19, that doesn't help anyone, right? It, collect, it connects the Gulf to the Great Lakes. Uh, and so, but we have a cross, we're right on the corner of US, of Georgia 202. So that lets someone know exactly where we are. In the same way, it takes both of this, this uh, vertical and this horizontal, these planes working together to form an intersection in our lives. As I began to look at the cross even more, I noticed there are not just two sections. There's actually four sections of a cross. Four sections of a cross. You've got the top part of the vertical, the bottom part of the vertical, and the left and right of the horizontal. 
And as I began to pray into this, the Lord uh, be- began to show me uh, some terms that represent this. And, and I, I want you to see these. They'll be in your notes. The bottom part I like to call growing deep. Growing deep. I'll explain these things as we talk about it. The top part is growing up. Then you have reaching out. And then you have reaching in. So all four sections of the cross um, are, are labeled growing up, growing deep, reaching in and reaching out in those ways. Um, and so what I want to do, I want to spend the rest of our time talking about these sections of the cross. Because here's what I believe. I believe that these four sections of the cross are leading us to an intersection where we find Jesus. Both as individuals, where, where we can experience the fullness and the life of who Christ is, a vibrant, living, holy relationship with the Holy Spirit. Also as churches, as, as fellowships of believers, that we can employ these four sections of the cross in, in how we do things in order to make sure that we're hitting that target, that center that God is calling us to. Amen? Amen. No, I, I, I got to let you know. Y'all, y'all are a little quiet for me. We're not, we're, I wouldn't say we're a Pentecostal church. We're Baptocostal, kind of like fullness is, charismatic, right? But, but the amens and the that's right and the mm-hmm, and even, even if you're too cool for that, even the Oprah nod, mm, that all of it's very helpful. So feel free uh, to let loose. Preach. Preach. So, so let's, start, let's start looking at these different sections of the cross, okay? We're going to start with growing deep. Growing deep is the bottom part of that vertical uh, relationship with the Lord. Growing deep, what do I mean by that? I mean pursuing intimate relationship with God. This is first on purpose. This is the first one that we're going to cover on purpose. Because until you get this one right, the other sections of the cross, they just don't matter. Okay? This, this one is super important. It's intimacy with God, growing in our relationship with him. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What an amazing promise that the creator of the universe says if we will draw near to him, he will draw near, he will respond. He responds to us. We respond to him, he responds to us in this reciprocal nature. You know, when I, when I first came across this verse many, many, many years ago, I kind of felt like this was saying, you know, if you will go a certain way, then God will meet you there, like meet me halfway kind of deal. I don't believe after learning and studying the character of God, I don't believe that's true at all. I believe the moment we take one step, that's our drawing near, and he comes running like the father of the prodigal son to us, and he meets us right where we are. And so as we're on this journey to become centered on the cross, to, become, to find the intersection where we need to be, both as individuals and a church, we've got to understand that we've got to have intimate relationship with the Father. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The word abide, it means to remain. It means to stay. It means to be connected and to not sever that connection. And if you see a branch that's just on the, if you're walking in the woods and you see a branch that's just on the ground, um, you wouldn't expect it to be bearing fruit, would you? No, right? It's, it's dead. Why? It's not connected to the source. How weird would it be if you're walking through the woods and all of a sudden, suspended in mid, midair, there's a branch 
with apples hanging off of it and there's no tree. How odd would that be? You'd probably run, right? Something weird's going on right now. Why? Because we intrinsically know. We know that a branch has to be connected to a source in order to bear fruit. Well, you're called to bear fruit. God saved you with a purpose in mind. He didn't save you because of your works, but he saved you for your works. You do good works, you do good deeds, you get to work, not in order to get saved, but because you have been saved. So he, he, wants, he wants that relationship with you. He wants that relationship with you. All of this is for nothing if it's not centered around Jesus. If it's not all about him. We've got to learn to go deep. We've got to learn to go deep. You know, I, one of the things I love to do is, is to try to teach people how to carry the presence of the Lord with them everywhere they go. You know, we tend to compartmentalize stuff, right? Well, this is my time. I've got my, my quiet time in the morning. I do my devotional. Maybe I listen to worship. Then I go to work, and then I'm, I got my work hat on, and then I go to Walmart, and all bets are off. Who knows what I'm going to do there because the people there. And then I drive home, right? And, and then I come home, and now I've got my dad hat on, my mom hat on, whatever. But do you know you don't have to separate those aspects of who you are? You know you can take the presence of the Lord with you everywhere that you go. You can. You can't. That's his desire for you. That's what he wants for you. You know, we used to sing a song here a long time ago. Maybe you can do it next week. But it says, the whole earth is filled. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And, and I remember listening to those lyrics and thinking, I've been a few places where the Lord's glory wasn't there. So how does this, what does that mean? And then I saw the verse in the Old Testament that says, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. The key is awareness. That word knowledge doesn't mean like new facts or information. It means awareness. See, the reason where there are areas where God's glory isn't manifest is not because he's not available, because we're not aware. But the moment we become aware of where he is, what he's doing, and who he is, now his presence is here. It's avail- his presence is available to you anywhere, anytime, for any reason, no matter where you are, who you are, or what you're going through. Amen? So that looks like when you're at, when you're at work, you know, I used to drive my coworkers crazy. I'd just be playing worship music. I'd just be sitting in the presence of the Lord, right? In your car, don't close your eyes because you don't want to wreck, but in your car... <laughs> You can just invite the presence of the Lord everywhere that you are. You should practice this if you don't already. And if you do already, you should up your game. Because the presence of the Lord, is his intimate friendship is available everywhere that we go. On the cross, this is the bottom part of the cross, we see that Jesus' knees were here. It's where Jesus' knees were. In the same way, we need to understand that whatever we bow our knee to is whatever we will be intimate with. Whatever we bow our knee to in worship is what we will be the most intimate with. Now, all of us love God. You wouldn't be here if you didn't love God, right? But we also sometimes, if we're being honest, we bow our knees in worship to other things. These things are idols. These things are our favorite sports teams. They can be our family members. They can be our job, our hobbies. They can be all of these things. You know, it's only good things that we are tempted to elevate into idols in our lives. You don't want to elevate a bad thing in your life, right? But these things are all gifts from God. They make great gifts. They make terrible gods. 
We need to make sure that we're not bowing our knee to anything or anyone else other than Jesus Christ. And that's how we pursue intimate relationship with him. I want to leave you with this image, and then we're going to move on. I woke up with this in my mind one morning, just popped in there. I saw almost exactly this image of an iceberg. And so, you know, if we, we actually, Tiff and I had the opportunity to, to go on an Alaskan cruise last two years ago. And, uh, and it, was, it was cool. As, once we got up, like, you know, in Alaska, we saw all these big glaciers from a distance. But there are like, these little chunks of ice. And I'm, think, I'm thinking like Leo DiCaprio. I'm like, this ain't, you know, this, is, this didn't end well for him. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, they look small, but I know they're probably a little bit bigger, you know. And, and, and the girl was like, all right, bye, see ya, you know, good luck. Tiff wouldn't do that to me. But, but here, the, the picture of the iceberg here, you, you know that what you see above the water is only just a tiny portion of how large the iceberg really is. And in the same way, our public ministry, and you say, well, I'm not a minister, I'm not a pastor. Oh, you're a minister. You may not have a job at a church, but you're a minister. You're called to minister to the people around you, your, your sphere of influence. You know, what people see of you is your public ministry, but it's only as good as your private time with God. It's only as good. Look, look I, I, the pressure to perform, the pressure to act like a perfect Christian, and all that, look, we all experience that, but look, Put that on the shelf. Deal with that later. Get time away with the Holy Spirit, just you and him. It's so hard to be uh, undistracted, right, because of these things right here. Amen, hallelujah, right? Y'all, is this the holy group? Is, is this, everyone's like, no, we don't have issues. We don't. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, this thing is always dinging and buzzing and making all sorts of noises. And I'm, I've got to play my game right now. My wife's bearing her soul to me. Hold on one second, honey. Yeah. I mean, we get so distracted. But I've got to tell you that the key to your happiness, the key to being an effective minister is your private time with the Lord behind closed doors. It's not the stuff you Instagram. It's, it's not the stuff. It's, it's the stuff that no one knows about. That's the power of your ministry. If you want to be used by God more, then close the door. Amen? All right, so the next part of this vertical line is growing up. Growing up. What do I mean by that? I mean increasing in spiritual maturity. Growing up. Increasing in spiritual maturity. Uh, The Apostle Paul talks to us about this in the book of Ephesians. And he's... He's kind of giving them a hard time a little bit about how they act, how they act. Now, before we get into the scripture, I'm going to read this passage to you. I just want to let you know that how you act, again, is the result of a relationship with Jesus. If you try to grow up without first growing deep, we call that being a hypocrite, right? This is when we act a certain way, but it's not really who we are. And so I just want to warn you, if your takeaway from this is, i got to act right, then you didn't get the right takeaway. Because what should happen is as you grow deep into Christ, you will find a growing up that naturally happens. Yes, you got to make some hard decisions sometimes, but you'll be empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit to do it. Okay? So we're talking about growing up. Look at what, what Paul tells the Ephesians. He says this, 
Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Do you know you were created to be like God? You were. You were created to think how he thinks, do what he does. But, but here's the thing. He's, pre, he's given you everything you need to be like God. Except you still have to make the choice to do what? Throw off your old sinful nature. So you've got an old shirt that you can wear anytime. You want to have that, especially guys, you got that old shirt you like. It's got like three holes, right? Armpits totally exposed. <laughs> your wife's tried to throw it away several times. You keep fishing it out of the trash can. All right, that old shirt. That is, we have an old sinful nature we all tend to go back to. We, when things get tough, when you're stressed out, cortisol is flowing through your bloodstream, and that old sin nature tries to come back and it tries to bring you back to those things that make you feel good. Those, those things, they, they make you feel good temporarily, but they hurt you. And, and, so, and so the Holy Spirit is saying, look, you can wear that old nasty shirt. It's got stains all over it, okay? Or you now, for the first time, if you're in Christ, have the ability to put on a new nature, created to be like God. You're wearing your Jesus shirt. It's like putting on a Jesus shirt. You didn't have one, but when you got saved, when you came to him, then you got one. You got the Jesus jersey. You're now on the team, but it's still your choice to dress out or not. And you get to choose whether or not you put that on every day. I mean, how weird is it? Have you, how weird would it be? How weird would it, there's a dead spot right here. I'm going to try to avoid it. I'm going to dance around it. How weird would it be if, if, if you, you know, got up in the morning, um, you worked out nice and sweaty. I'm, I've heard that this happens. You work out, <laughs> you get nice and sweaty, and you're like, okay, cool. So you, you, you throw those old clothes in the hamper and then you, you get in the shower and you're getting all clean and everything. You, you, you get ready, you know, put on the deodorant and then you put on those old workout clothes that are still wet and grimy. Ugh. Isn't that nasty? We do it every day when we've been cleaned by the blood of Jesus and we still put on that old nature. You got a choice. You didn't have the Jesus jersey before, but you can wear it every single day of your life when you learn to walk in spiritual maturity. So how do we do that? Jesus' head was on this part of the cross. His knees were at the bottom, but his head was at this, top of the, this part of the cross. The key to walking in spiritual maturity is repentance. It's a mind change that leads to an action change. It, it, you know, some of you, you're like, why, does, why do I still do wrong things? Why do I still do bad things? Because you had not changed your mind. You want to be free from, from the repercussions of sin, but you still haven't changed your mind to recognize the fact that you are no longer bound by that sin. And so we've got to change our minds. So many times we try to come to Jesus on our own terms. Y'all, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We've got to repent. Repentance isn't coming down front and crying and filling out a card. Repentance is saying, Lord, your way is better than my way. I yield my, my will to your will. 
And it's, and it's coming to him in the way that he's asking us to. Tiff, will you help me out? If you'll sit right here on this top step. So Jesus preached the kingdom. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Y'all heard that before, the kingdom of God is at hand? Okay. So the, the kingdom of God is at hand. What is that, at, that word at hand always was weird to me. What does that mean, at hand? It's at my hand. Like what, what does that mean? Here's what it means. Imagine you've fallen and you can't get up. All right? That's Tiff. She's fallen. She can't get up. She needs to press life alert. And she's crying out for help. This is us in our old sin nature. So when Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. I am now reaching my hand out. I represent the kingdom of God. And I'm saying, okay, I'm going to help you up. There is now an alternative. Before, she was dead in her sin. No hope. No help. But now the kingdom of God is at hand and is available for her. And she can just grab my hand and then I can help her up. Okay? That's, that's what the kingdom of God is like. Now, sit back down. Now, here's what many of us do, though. Okay? We don't repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. You've fallen. You can't get up. You're dead in sin. And so, so Jesus is saying, okay, kingdom of God is at hand. Here we go. But you reach out your other hand. And, and you're grabbing. And you're saying, Jesus, why aren't you, why aren't you helping me? Why, why isn't this working? Don't you love me? Don't you care about me? And he's like, I'm right here. Because repentance requires that you put down your own way and you pick up the the word of the Lord, God's way, God's kingdom, his way. Does that make sense? Thanks, babe. That is how the kingdom works. It's at hand. It's available to you if we will repent and change our minds and do things the way that God's asking us to do them. Amen? So that's the, vertical, that's the vertical line here. It's growing deep, and it's growing up. Now, many of you, you're beginning to process this, and you're thinking, yeah, you know, there have been times in my life where I've really grown deep, but I hadn't allowed the Lord to help me grow up. There have also been times in my life where I felt the pressure to perform churchianity, and so I started acting like I was growing up, <laughs> just keeping a thumb on my sin nature, but it didn't work because it eventually came out because I wasn't growing deep. Are you all with me? Okay, so this is, this is the vertical line of the cross, but we're not done yet. We're only halfway there. So next, we're going to move to the horizontal line. We're going to talk about reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. Reaching out is simply helping others in need. It's simply having an outward focus towards other people. Um, Hebrews 13 16, I love this. This kind of, he, he breaks, the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about something else here. But he kind of just throws this out um, in the middle of it. He says, don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. These are the sacrifices that please God. How many of you want to please God? Yeah, I want to please God. Okay, you, you want to make God happy? I want to make God happy. All right, here's how you do it. You ready? Be sweet to people. Right? These are the sacrifices that please God. That's it. It, it, it makes, you, know, you don't even have to pray about it. Lord, should I be kind to this person today? Hmm. Yeah. The will of God is revealed in the word of God. And it's only if it's not in the word of God that you have to ask the Holy Spirit. Right? The word of God is the house rules for everyone. And it says, be good. It says, 
Don't forget to do good and share with those in need. This makes God happy. You don't even have to pray about it. Just do good. Take care of people. Buy someone's lunch. You, you know, we should, I mean, y'all been to a funeral? At a funeral, it doesn't matter how bad the person is, he's like the best person in the world. Oh, Billy was just so kind, and everyone's like, no, he wasn't. He, was, he, would, he would give you the shirt off his back. No, he would take yours. And everyone, like, we lie at funerals, right? Everyone's so, not, everyone's so great. They were so wonderful. Look, we need to bring funeral talk into the land of the living. We need, to, we need to give compliments. We need to be kind. If you think a good thought about someone else, say it. Say it. It's not going to hurt you. It's probably going to help offset the thousands of negative thoughts they've had about themselves that day. Just say it. I, I try, to make a, try to make a point. If, if, I, if, 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 so, if, if I see something nice about someone, I, I try to say it. You know? And I've learned, and you can even, you ever notice when someone gets a haircut and it's awful? And you can tell they're like, what do you think about my hair? All right, here's a little trick, all right? And, of course, you can't use it on each other because you all heard it. But this is, if someone, do you like my hair? And it's like awful. It's a terrible decision, right? You can just say, I'm happy that you like it. See? There you go. There you go. Uh, husbands don't use that. Never mind. That's bad advice. Sweet armor, I'm really glad that you're pleased with that. Yeah, never mind. Come up with something else. Pray about it. <laughs> you know, reaching out is at the core of the gospel. One of my favorite passages is um, Jesus interacting with a woman caught in adultery. Um, y'all know the story. Jesus is, he, he's teaching. He's teaching at the temple. He's got this crowd around him. And in the middle of his sermon, imagine if this happened right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing, and then this happens the, Someone comes in, these, these Pharisees, these really well-known, well-respected people, right? I mean, these were, these were intimidating folks. They knew the scripture. They come in, they got this woman with them. They throw her down at Jesus' feet. And they say, hey, this lady was just caught in adultery in the very act. Scripture says that we should stone her. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. The Pharisees were right. The law said that you should stone that lady. It also said you should stone the guy. We don't know where he was. This was probably a setup. It's probably entrapment. But anyway, so, so Jesus, what does Jesus do? He does such a Jesus-y thing. He just stoops down and he starts drawing in the dirt. Now, I don't know what he drew. You're going to have, I've heard sermons on what he possibly wrote. Look, no one really knows. We don't know. It's all conjecture. I've heard that maybe it was the sins of the other people. Maybe it was the names of the ladies that some of the guys... I don't know. Maybe he was doing tic-tac-toe with he and the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But I do know what I figure. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I figure he's probably just waiting and listening. Lord, tell me what to do here. So he's drawing in the dirt, and they keep asking him, what do we do? He goes, okay, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. We should stone her. So tell you what, though. Whoever had never sinned, you go ahead and start us off. And they all go, oh. Because this was a trap. They were trying to trap Jesus into being against the law. But he upheld the law. He just said, but you don't get to enforce it. And, and, and so one by one, they dropped their stones. 
and they walk away. And then Jesus turns to the woman, and he says, where are your accusers? She goes, they're gone. He goes, neither do I accuse you. He says, but go and sin no more. There's this, there's this process of dealing with the world. And I really want to share this with you because this is something that we've adopted at our church. And this is the, this is the passage that it's all based off of. And I like to give you three words to describe what happened right now. It's defend, accept, disciple. Defend, accept, and disciple. So what Jesus did is he defended her. He said, no, you're, you're not going to enforce this law against her. He defended her. Then he accepted her and he said, look, I'm not going to do this to you either. And then he discipled her. He said, go and sin no more. See, Jesus never says that sin isn't sin. Sin is always sin. Grace does not relax what's right and what's wrong. It just empowers us to overcome it. So, so he, says, he says, defend, accept, disciple. I like to call it dad's way, D-A-D. We should do it dad's way when we're dealing with the world. We should defend them. We should accept them. And then we should disciple them. But what has the church done historically? We've gotten it backwards. We've discipled, we've accepted, and then we've defended. We've said, look, you need to quit that sinning. You need to quit acting that way. And then once we can disciple you and you quit sinning that way, then we're going to accept you. Then you can be one of us. And then we'll defend you if someone comes against you. It's the exact opposite of what we see Jesus do in Scripture. Let's do it dad's way. Let's, def- let's defend first and accept. And then when you're close enough, see, discipleship requires proximity. It requires nearness. And if we're always pushing people away, then how can we possibly speak into their lives? No, you don't say that their sin is okay. That's harmful. Sin hurts. We don't, do, we don't relax what Scripture says, but we've got to allow people to draw close so that we can help them. In reaching out on the left side of the cross, Jesus' left hand was on this part of the cross. In the same way, we have to reach out to a lost and dying world to represent, represent the love of Jesus. This is what we're called to do. We're called to reach out. We're called to reach out. This also means we love people on both the natural and the supernatural. Now, let me just step up on my soapbox here real quick. I think it's bizarre that we invite people to come worship a supernatural God in our services and we never demonstrate anything supernatural to them. That's bizarre. It's really weird. Come worship the supernatural. He, he didn't actually have a human father, okay? So, and then he, he raised from the dead. That's amazing. And in our church services, you will see none of that. I mean, come on. I, I, the world is so hungry for the supernatural. I, like half of every show on TV is either a superhero with superhuman strength or some kind of werewolf or vampire or something because the world is hungry for the supernatural. And, and, and the church has botched it up. We've either, we've either been weird about it, oh, Lord, you know, praying for people all weird and stuff, or we just ignore it. I'm not going to deal with that right now because it might send some visitors away, Okay. 
Or, you, you know what I found? So one, one Sunday morning, um, I got a word of knowledge about uh, a shoulder that needed to be healed. And, and so I was like, okay, let's pray for shoulders real quick. If you've got shoulder pain in your right shoulder, raise your hand. So they raised their hand, um, the, the other hand, because <laughs> that would have. And then, and then I, we just had people gather around them, right? And start praying. I said, look, pray like you would want someone to pray for you. Don't take forever. You're not on TV. Just speak to the shoulders, say be healed, and then let's test out, see what God did. So simple, right? It's not a big deal. You don't have to call anyone up front and, hmm, let me just see what the Lord is. No, just pray, just pray, right? And then test it, because that's, that's where faith comes in, because see, that's the risk. All right, let's see if God did something, because if he didn't do something, I'm going to look dumb, because I'm the man with the mic up front. So, all, so this was a visitor who raised their hand, got prayed for, and all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, it's healed. So we're like, that's awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, her brother was there, saw that, and later we said, who wants to get saved? He's like, well, I do. I, I want to follow that God that heals people, that still does stuff today. It's going to take a risk, though. It's going to take a risk. It's, it's, it's very, very uncomfortable. I'll give you another quick story. I was, we had a, a mana drop, um, which is where we give away. It's a truckload of food. And we, they like unload these boxes of food and then we unpack them and then people from the community come and we give them, give them all this food for free. But we use this as an opportunity, right? We provide the natural. We also provide the supernatural. So we start praying for people. So I'm in, so Tiff and me and our, our administrative pastor and a couple other people, we're in a circle talking with these ladies and, all, and we're praying for them and stuff. All of a sudden I get, I get this name starts coming to my head. Now, I don't hear the voice of God like a thundering boom or whatever in the Old Testament. It just sounds like a thought, but it sounds like it came from someone other than me. Okay? So don't get all religious on me. Don't get all hokey on me. Didn't hear an audible voice. I, think, I know some people do. I've never heard an audible voice, but I hear him speaking all the time. Okay? He uses your thoughts, so it sounds like you. That's why it's hard to differentiate sometimes. So I'm sitting there, and I get, to, I get, I get, um, I get autism. And I get the name Devin. And I'm like, Lord, I know you don't want me to call these two things out over this lady. Because Devin? I mean, Kevin would be much better, much more likely to be someone's name, if I'm going to guess at this, than Devin. Is there a Devin here? I love your name. Okay. It's a good name. But when you're, like, guessing, about, if, you, if you're about to say, I feel like there's someone in your life named Devin, like, Kevin would be better. Anyway. So, so I'm like, I feel like, so I'm just kind of stepping, I'm tippy-toeing. It's a risk, okay, but I'm just tippy-toeing out a little bit. And I said, okay, so is there, is there a grandson that lives with you? She goes, oh, yeah, he's got autism. So don't tell me anymore, because I was about to tell you that. I said, is his name Devin? She goes, no. Dang it. And then the other lady, her sister pipes up, but her other grandson's name is Devin. Oh. I said, cool. I said, so I don't know you, right? She goes, no. I said, there's no way I can know the name of your grandson, right? She's like, no way. She's like beginning to tear up now. And then I got the rest of the word. I said, the Lord says he's called to preach. And she looks at me. She goes, he's actually preached two times at his church already. And he's thinking that might be what he wants to do. So you go tell him. There's a pudgy preacher <laughs> just north of town that got his name 
and his occupation, right? And then God says, go. And she was ministered to. Now, here's the deal, y'all. I can't do that. I can barely read at eighth grade level, okay? But if we will resign ourselves to take risks and step out, God will use us, not just in the natural. See, we also fed them real, you know, physical food. But God will then, if you'll, if you'll take that risk, and I've gotten it wrong before. I've gotten it wrong. But I, I, I've only guessed a, a person's name one other time. Do we have, I'll tell you this story real quick. Real quick, I promise. I'm in a Mexican restaurant, and, um, and I thought of this, and our, wait, our waiter is right there, and I just see, like, God all over him. Like, I know there's a call of God on his life, and I'm like, oh, hey, sorry. And I'm like, okay, I know, God, you have something for him. And I thought of this dumb joke, like, what do you call a guy who's had his toe amputated? Roberto. Rubber toe, get it? Okay. Okay, it's the, I didn't come up with a joke. I'm just saying I thought of the joke. All right, don't ju- drop the stones. He who's, who is without dad jokes, throw the first stone. So, so, so I thought of that joke, and I'm like, no. So I look at him, I'm like, is your name Roberto? He goes, Yeah. I'm like, the Lord just wants you to know. And I started to give him this word. He was like blown away. So you got to take a risk though. Because, I mean, if I could say, is your name Roberto? So y'all thinking of Roberto. It's a funny joke. <laughs> but you got to take a risk. Look, fullness, you guys are called to be that risk church. I'm telling you, it's going to set you apart. You are set apart. I was driving down Columbia this morning, and I was looking at the other churches, you know, Fort God over there, and then there's a new one, and, the, and I saw Columbiana, and I was like, I, I'm sorry, sorry, saw fullness, and I thought there's just something different on this church. Go with it. Go with it. Don't shy away from it. Embrace it, okay? Okay. Last one. Are we having fun? Reaching in, reaching in is our last part. Reaching in. We've talked about growing deep, growing up, reaching out, and now we're going to talk about reaching in. Reaching in is developing close relationships with other believers. Close relationships with other believers. This passage of Scripture I'm going to read, you've heard. Pastors usually use it to kind of browbeat you and make sure you come to church because you need to come to church. Look, I think you should go to church. And you're here at church. Thank you, by the way. Even with a guest speaker, you came. That's awesome, all right? But let's read it because it says more than go to church. Hebrews 13, 16. Don't forget to do, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some do, which is kind of funny, as some do. (laughs) Let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Encourage one another. What if church wasn't for you? What if these Sunday morning meetings were not about getting you fed? What if they were about us meeting together so that we could one another? Love one another, encourage one another, bless one another, pour into one another. But so many times we come to a church service with a consumer mentality. Well, let's just see what the Lord does for me today. Okay, probably not much because you're a jerk. (laughs) I mean, seriously. 
why is God going to shower down blessings on someone who's not going to steward them well? But what if your church, my church, what if we showed up on Sunday mornings without a care in the world about, about whether or not we were going to get fed because we were so full from Monday through Saturday? And we showed up here and we said, totally yielded to the Lord and said, Lord, how can I minister? How can I help? How can I want another someone? And we chose to reach in. Lord, show me that person that's, that, that's dealing with depression this morning. Lord, show me that person that's dealing with anxiety this morning. Lord, help me, help me compliment the person that's feeling down right now, that's feeling unlovable. What if that's how we approach church? And we decided to reach in instead of always critiquing Always, well, did you see what they wore? No, because I was too busy looking at their heart, man. <laughs> right? Th- this is, these are the things that are going to turn us into healthy churches that can affect change. Jesus' right hand was on this section of the cross. In the same way, we extend the right hand of fellowship to believers. We get in each other's lives. Now, I don't know where fullness is right now. When I was at fullness, this was just going wonderfully. Um, Reaching in, being a part of each other's lives through small groups, through fellowship outside of church, stuff like that. At at my church, when I became the pastor, we were growing deep, we were growing up, we were reaching out, and we weren't reaching in. One of the number one things we heard is it's very, very hard to get connected. And so we had a Wednesday night church service. I just canceled this and no more. Just don't show up here anymore. We're going to meet at people's houses all over the city. And we've been doing that for three years now, and it's going great. And we're actually reaching in now. We're beginning to reach in and get in in each other's lives. But the problem is, is that getting in someone else's life is not always fun. Because people are crazy. (laughs) Right? People are nuts. And it's it's a risk. It's a risk to get into, it's a risk to go over to someone else's house and like, what's that smell? Like, it's just weird sometimes, Right? What's going on at this person's house? But we're called to it. Do you know that Jesus discipled in groups? Think about that. He never discipled one-on-one, one-on-one. He'll save you one-on-one. But discipleship was always in small groups. He wants to disciple you in small groups. He wants to, that doesn't mean you have to go to a, you should go to a small group here at the church. But you've got to do something. You've got to get in each other's lives. That's how Jesus disciples. I mean, they were, they were trying to decide who the best disciple was and all that kind of stuff. He kept shutting them down. No, you're all right. It's not about the one. It's about, about the group. Think about this. In James, this is an odd verse. It says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Now, now I thought you confessed your sins to be forgiven. That's to God. You confess your sins to God to be forgiven, but you confess your your faults, your mistakes, your slip-ups, is what it says in the Amplified Version, to each other so that you might be healed. How many of us are walking around forgiven but not healed? Because we haven't allowed people into our hearts. We aren't reaching in. Now, you've got to be careful who you share your stuff with, right? We all know that. You've got to be spirit-led. But, but, these, but, but this reaching in is super important. It's, it, y'all, I, I know you've been church hurt. I know many people have been church hurt. I have too. 
it still doesn't change the fact that we have to reach in. I'm sorry. You still have to reach in. It's part of God's plan. Will you get hurt again? Probably. Probably. But you know what? God's going to give you the grace to walk through whatever you're going to go through. Because this is just, it's simply not optional. The, the only other option is to have an incomplete cross. Where you're not centered on who he is. Because Jesus won't fit on that cross. If we look at this. You see, growing deep, growing up, reaching in, reaching out. Jesus' heart was at the center of this cross. If you want to reach the heart of Christ, we've got to have all four sections of the cross in action in our lives. And that's my question to you this morning. As I end, are you reaching the heart of Jesus? Are you centered on the cross? Are you really good at growing deep? Oh, yeah, I mean, the Lord just had this awesome time. That's great. Really, who have you helped lately? We've been a part of these churches that grow deep and reach in, and these, like, in, these in churches, and, like, a visitor shows up, and you're like, no visitors, you know, this is just us. You're sitting in my seat, right? What's wrong? What's wrong? They aren't embracing all four sections of the cross. They aren't reaching the heart of Jesus. They're missing the heart of Jesus because they're focused on themselves. We've also been a part of churches, right, that are growing up. Look at me and color-coordinated children here for church. <laughs> I don't sin. <laughs> and, and, and they reach out and they, I gave away 5,000 Dairy Queen gift cards last week. And it said, smile, Jesus loves you. Like, when do you work, bro? Like, you know. So you got the, the, and everything, but they're, they're growing up and they're reaching out, but there's no depth. Look, if we want to be the church that God is calling us to be, capital C Church, then we have to embrace all four of these sections of the cross. Growing deep, growing up, reaching in, reaching out. If you want, I'm going to ask you to stand. Before I invite Bart back up, I want to I want to ask you to close your eyes. When we hear from the Word, we need to respond. It's not just information that God wants to give us; it's direction. It's life change. We need to apply. We need to implant His Word. Put it in our hearts. So, if you will, with your eyes closed, under your breath, in your own words. Just say, Holy Spirit, am I growing deep? Come on, be honest. Have you stalled out maybe a little bit? How about this one? Holy Spirit, am I growing up? Or am I, am I comfortable with how much I look like Christ? Here's one. Holy Spirit, am I reaching out? Or have I been so hurt that I've been focused on myself for so long that I'm not reaching out anymore? Ask him this one, am I reaching in? Am I allowing people access to my life 
or have I built walls? The walls keep out the bad, but they also keep out the good. Last question, Holy Spirit, am I centered on you? Am I reaching your heart? Father, I bless each person here in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the one who came to be seen this morning. I pray for the one who barely made it because they felt so unworthy to be here. I pray for the one God who is at their wits end and doesn't know what to do next. I pray for the one who thinks that they should have just been here to to help someone else because they have no need. Lord, I pray for the one God who needs healing in their body, be healed in Jesus' name. I pray for the one who's searching for more and is just about to give up on it. I pray for the one whose hunger for the word has died. Lord, I pray for each person here. Lord, you love them. Your compassion for them is deep. Lord, we don't have to pray the right prayer, say the right thing in order to get you to move. You want to move. It's your nature. It's who you are. Father, we simply let our guard down and we say, move in my life. Show me your heart. Teach me your ways. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we love you. We become acutely aware of you right now. You're here. You've been here the whole time. We honor you. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, Jamie, thank you. Tiffany, great to have you.